0: The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the Knapsack Files Studios in Studio City, California, this is the first edition of. The three things a new show here in the knapsackck files I'm Ken knapsuck and we are here I'm recording on a lovely Sunday in the valley a little morning rain gave way to some beautiful puffy clouds and while I was out for a walk I decided you know what I think I need a new show I think I need to add to the ranks I just like talking into microphones and if you want to come along for the journey then hop on board this train is once again leaving the station and uh this is a new show it's gonna be sort short simple sweet it's you talking to me and if you want to join the conversation, be sure you uh, follow me on Twitter at Ken though. If you're listening, you probably already have. Uh, thank you for that. And you can hashtag three things, the number three. And the word things, hashtag three things. And what the show will be, it's a simple concept. I've done some stuff before. I've talked about the five things making me happy and all that kind of stuff. Well, this is a show, Three Things, where it is the three things that are either on my mind, three things that are making me sad, making me mad, making me disappointed, making me bored, or in this case today, the three things that are making me happy happy and uh you know i i try to do, I i want to lean i say sad mad disappointed that there could be that i'm leaving it open there could be those days that i get on this microphone and something's really crawled up my skin and i want to talk about it but there's so much negativity in the world there's so much negativity in social media and in the digital broadcasting realm or uh, uh youtube and all that kind of stuff or Derek, let's not even get into youtube comments there's so much of that out there for the most part this will be a show about the three things making me happy, glad, or just plain thinking, uh, and, and and it's a conversation between you and me about the things, uh, good things out there in the world. That's what I'd like this mostly to be, even if I'm mad, sad, and disappointed. I'm going to work through it and find a good, happy, common sense-based solution or answer or thought on whatever, whatever's getting it going. So let's dive in with the three things making me happy at this point. Uh, it, it, it's pretty simple. I'm going to work back three to one. I'm going to work back and start pretty simple because sometimes it's the simplest thing Things in life that make you happy it's the simplest things in life that kind of get you up and get you going uh, for some people it might be coffee for me right now it's off, ban- off brand cookie crisp cereal that's right I know I know I'm supposed to stay away from sugar I am I am slowly coming to grips the fact that like many people in this country I am a sugar Attic because I was raised with it. And you know what? My mom and dad did a pretty good job of putting healthy options into my hands, my grubby little hands as a child. I don't feel uh, that my, my parents just let me, sat me down with a box of cereal and said, go crazy, kid. I was allowed like one bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios on Saturday mornings. The rest of it had to be some kind of uh, a healthy option. Um, but sugars everywhere, man. It's in things you don't even think. So I've grown up with it, and it, and it's in my soul. It's in my blood. I don't... I, I'm probably not going to end up with just type 2 diabetes. I'm going to end up with type 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. And I say that jokingly, but I also say that kind of truthfully because I've already had some issues where my doctor back in 2010 was like, hey... You're on the road to joining the rest of America with a little bit too much uh, sugar in your blood. Calm it down, my friend. And when that happened, one of my favorite vices had to go away, and that was cereal. Sugary cereal. I I used to grab a couple boxes a week, not quite as much as Jerry Seinfeld and his legendary cereal collection. But I'd grab a couple and, and a couple dinners a week. We're cereal. Oh, that's bad. I know. But I know a lot of you out there are doing it. So I cut it away. I've done a pretty good job. And then um, milk, put milk out of it. And, and, you know, as you get older, milk sometimes ain't your favorite thing. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a fool. I'm not some, someone has to ditch milk for the rest of his life or anything like that. But, you know, that it is what it is. And so when I finally embraced almond milk, and I sound like an old middle-aged person. I had some of the almond milk um, with the vanilla flavoring. And it was good. It was Great! It was just enough for me to really uh, uh, think about introdu- reintroducing cereal into my life, and you know what? I, I actually did, but it was raisin bran. Yes, the raisins were covered in sugar, but it was raisin bran, which at least sounds better than some of the other options. But one day, I just was kind of tired of raisin bran, so I'm walking around my grocery store. I am still one of the only people in this town that go to fresh uh, goes to fresh and easy. Uh, which is uh, uh, came to LA a few years ago it, it sweeped on in it was a british owned company I believe and they we're the like the the more less hippie version of Trader Joe's and we have parking and if you're in LA you know what that means and um, uh, it, uh, it it's gone away a little bit a lot of uh, a lot of uh, fresh and easy outlets have closed but there's still one open near me in Burbank and I still go there just about every Sunday and get my stuff so I, I was walking through the aisles and I, I saw the raisin brand I was like I'm kind of I'm kind of done with it. I think maybe the cereal fad. I had about a good three-month run returning for the first time in five years to any kind of cereal. I went five years without any kind of cereal. So uh, I was about to walk away. Then I saw some cookie crisp, some actual cookie crisp. And when I was eating cereal at a, at a breakneck pace, cookie crisp was one of my vices. It was one of my specific vices. There's something about the way Cookie Crisp leaves that milk that is just something. And are you one of the people that drink your cereal milk? You better be. If you're not, you're the weirdo. So I saw that Cookie Crisp, and I I, I started walking away. My little I don't push a cart; I have a little hand cart, a little hand 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 basket, and uh, and then I saw it's an off brand, three dollars cheaper. It had a weird name. It wasn't Cookie Crisp. It was like Cookie Crunchies. Um, and now, when you know what I'm looking it up now? It was actually called, it was called Cookie Bites. And it had a little weird cartoon face all over the entire box. It's, it's like the Fresh and Easy brand. It's Cookie Bites. And it looked like almost like a weird monster, incredible Hulk type thing eating a bowl of, of Cookie Bites. So I said, let me give it a go. Let me just do one box. Well, it's, it's been about three weeks, and I, uh, I'm averaging about two boxes a week. I've got to stop. I know it's coming. I'm going to cut this off. But I have to admit here on the first edition of the three things on the Knapsack Files podcast feed that cookie bites or off-brand cookie crisp cereal is bringing me joy. It's bringing me a little bit of happiness. And when I got, I have a stressful life, I got... Yeah, nah, look, let me take that back. I don't have a stressful life. I have a pressure-filled job right now that creates some kind of stress. And sometimes I drive home and the traffic is long. It took me two hours the other night to get from Beverly Hills to Studio City. Two hours. There was some police activity. I believe uh, the president was in town again. I heard. I heard that. I didn't even pay attention to that. But all that combined to a panic-inducing, almost nervous breakdown-inducing two-hour drive home on a Friday night. And when I got home, the only thing I wanted, the only thing that would bring me joy was a bowl of cookie bites. And God bless it, I'm going to do it. And you should do it. You should do it. Every once in a while, it's okay. Sugar be damned to just have something for dinner, for snack, for lunch, even for breakfast. Something. It just brings you a little bit of joy. If you have the ability to do that, if it's not going to hurt your health too much, I say go ahead and do it. So number three on my list this week of things making me happy is Cookie Bites. Get to your fresh and easy and try They are not a paid sponsor of the Knapsack Files or the Three Things Show number two things making me happy it's actually a thing that pushed me to create this show today which is which is just a it's a silly stupid little show i agree but we're gonna have some fun here the idea came to me on my morning walk and as i was walking it hit me how much i really enjoy a good morning walk how much uh, a morning walk just kind of clears my mind, clears my heart, clears my soul, gets me some exercise, gets me a chance to slow down and listen to some music in my Captain Phasma Star Wars earbuds that I picked up at LAX last week. And uh, it's great. It also, it's, it's definitely a sign. It's definitely a sign that I am getting older, you know, out for a nice early morning walk. I get it. I get it. But I'm embracing it. But I've always kind of liked walking. I used to walk home from high school. It was a good sometimes 40-minute walk, man. That's probably why I graduated high school at like 155 pounds, um, which I, I don't want to get down to that weight. But I wouldn't mind getting down to within 30 pounds of that, if you know what I mean. Um, uh, look, uh, it's not just about health, physical health. It is about mental health. And as I was out for my walk, and it was a nice – Gray morning, a little bit of mist slash uh, two seconds of rain, um, but a nice cool, crisp morning here that, that kind of has turned into a little bit of a hotter, humid day here in LA. But it it was so relaxing, it was so peaceful that I I, I just I just realized how happy this makes me. And I want to encourage you, wherever you are, to make sure that you're taking a moment at least once or twice a week. I sound like a I'm an NFL play 60, or on the President's Committee for Better Health for Fetch Kids, or something like that. I, I'm on one of those 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 think groups, to, thinking of ways to get America healthy again. When I? No, but seriously, take one to two to three days a night a morning an afternoon whatever you can if it's just the weekends make it work to have a nice little walk in your neighborhood if if you have that kind of neighborhood if you don't get to a place where you do there might be some great parks around you and and and, and when you're on these walks let let the energy let the health kind of flow through you I, it feels like the force let the walk force through you um i like to do one thing too when i'm going for these walks I, I have a reputation. I can sometimes be a bit of a curmudgeon. I can sometimes be a little bit of a grumpy grandpa. And sometimes I'm playing it up for the microphones or the cameras. And sometimes it's very, very true. But um, what I got to tell you is when I'm on these walks, um, uh, I, I am not, not that. I'm not surly. I'm not a jerk. And I, I can be a jerk. Just ask my dear friend, Roxy Stryer. Go, you can tweet her at Roxy Stryer and ask her, is Ken really a jerk? Ask her, and she'll tell you, if she's being honest, <laughs> yes, I ha- he has his moments. Um, but when I'm on these walks, I got to tell you, I, I I didn't always start this way. When I was really starting to go for my consistent walks uh, on a consistent basis, I should say, um, I, I head down, sunglasses on, hat low, earbuds in, in my own world, we'd baby pass on the street, and I'd nod. And I have found as, uh, as time has gone on, what I try to do now, and it's, and it's a, sometimes a hard thing to do in L.A. Uh, or any big city, um, I, I do keep my glasses on and I, I do wear a hat and I do got my earbuds in and I'm listening to music, but I like to, I like to lift my head up a little bit more when I see someone coming. You got to time it right. You can't just stare at them from a distance waiting to say hello. You maybe look to the ground. You look up. You check your phone. You do something. And then right when you come to striking distance, I, I look up at them and I just go, hi, good morning or good afternoon. How you doing? And I love testing the amount of people that actually answer back to me. And if you don't, I'm not judging you. I get it. Sometimes you just, you're on your walk. You're in your zone. I get like that too. But I make sure I pull myself out of the zone just to say, hey, how you doing? And uh, I don't say it with that weird accent. I just Hey, how you doing? Good morning. And the people that just kind of look at you, and it's not like they're in their own zone and they want to be left alone, but they look at you like I'm the weirdo. What's this guy doing? What is he saying? What is really, You're engaging. No, no, no. And uh, I'm just doing that more and more. Maybe I'm. Maybe maybe I'll say it to them. Hey, how are you doing? And maybe they'll, they'll not answer me, but maybe, maybe they'll think, well, that was friendly. And then the next time they see someone on the walk, maybe they'll say, this is a pay it forward type of thing, except for it's better than the movie. Um, and I was talking to my good friend, Roger Craig Smith, and he, he uh, lives out of state. He lives in LA, but he also has a place out of state. And, and he'll go to that, that house at this uh, undisclosed Batcave location, and he'll, he'll say, it's just a m- remarkably noticeable difference. He says he and his brother will go out for a bike ride, or they'll go out for a little hike, and, and you hit people on the trail, and and they engage you first, and they'll stop and talk. And look, I don't necessarily need to stop and talk with every stranger I see on a trail or a sidewalk, but they'll, they'll go out of their way to say, hey, how you doing? Great day. Are you heading up that way? You should look to your right because there's a deer, and he's eating a bowl of cookie bites. They, they'll do that kind of stuff where, where here in L.A., it, it it's the big city vibe. And you know, part of the reason I moved to this big city is as I kind of like the ananitomy, and anonym- anonym. An- 없는- You know what I mean? Uh, I like getting kind of uh, lost in my own world in the big city where I can kind of be alone amongst a lot of people. So I don't, sometimes I just don't want to be pulled out of that. I get it. But as you, as, as, again, as you get older, and I'm not that old, I get it. I get it. I'm getting up there, but I'm not. Uh as as you get it's not so much maybe maybe the wording isn't as I get older, but maybe is it as I get more confident and secure in myself and who I am. I find that I want to be friendly. I want to I want to reach hey how are you? Just a smile we're all humans on this planet and despite our differences our religious views and how we view the police department or what our voting record is or what we want to do with our money or what you think with that issue we have all those things and in a social media age you can just tweet your opinion out there you can the hashtag and and go trial by Twitter and you can tear someone down and you can attack someone you can go in a comment section there's all that kind of stuff but really at the at the end of the day we're just a bunch of humans trying to figure it out and when you're out there when I'm out there having those more walks and I'm feeling chuffed yeah that's right it's one of my favorite phrases I'm feeling chuffed chest up head up exercise going blood flowing through my veins music playing in my ears and I see someone coming I go hey how are you and they say I'm good how are you it's a good little moment it's a positive human interaction and those little things can sometimes build to other things so I encourage you to do that too I learned it I really started to learn it when I would go there's a Walgreens up. The corner from my house here and uh it opened up and it's a, it's in a convenient location it's truly a convenience store uh so if i need to run and get something and i don't want to go all the way to the store or i don't want to go all the way to a target or, or something like that i just need something it's even a walkable distance from my house and i'll pop in there there's an older gentleman oh uh, now i think i'm old he's older gotta be late 60s early 70s his name's mel melvin on his name tag and i'm telling you i put a facebook post out about this guy a while ago and i'll be down i want to interview him i got to get him here on the napsock files this guy is just he's a dude working walgreens a retirement job and i run in there and i was sick the first time i really met him I was buying a bunch of NyQuil, DayQuil, it was back in February, which which turned out I had a serious sinus infection that had like, actually put me out of commission for about a month and actually it was, a, in a weird way, a life-changing um, illness. It, 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 things in my life before the illness, uh, some of them went away uh, in a weird way. I can't go into detail there. Uh, but uh, it was he was literally, he was the first human I was talking to as I was dealing with this thing, this guy, Mel at Walgreens. And you know, it's an easy thing. It's it's a cash register exchange at a at a chain convenience store in this modern age in a big city where you have no human connections and no interactions. And this guy Mel was just the friendliest. It wasn't forced. It wasn't him doing customer service. He was just, hey, how you doing? You look sick. You feeling okay? Anything I can do for you? What do you got? And I'm I, I immediately and I could have been sick. I could have I could have put a wall up and just said I'm fine. Whatever. Here's my money. But I just remember I looked across at him and I was like, yeah, man, I don't know what's going on. I feel this and that. And we talked. He said, take this. Yeah, it turns out I had, again, I had his infection. There was nothing he could have said that would have helped me in the moment. I didn't know. But in that brief moment, that interaction, I walked out of the store feeling good. And then I saw him again. But a week later, I had a picture. No, actually, excuse me, but a month later. And and he actually remembered me. Yeah, and I I was going to buy some other kind of cold medicine because I was still fighting it off. Uh, But it was coming down off the infection. I just needed something. And he was asking about it, and 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 then he kind of remembered me, saw my name. He was, oh yeah, Ken, Ken, how you doing? Um, and then it's grown. I just, I just this day went over to the Walgreens, and it's like I'm walking into a friend's house. He's helping another customer. He sees me. Hey, Cat! I go, hey, Mel, how you doing? And I go get my items. I get up, and we talk. We had talked about where I'd just been visiting and where it turns out that's where he had lived most of his life. Uh, he used to be a, like a club DJ back in the 60s and all this stuff, and he's got a story to tell. Every time I'm in there, the sincerity in Mel saying, hey, how are you? How you doing? Can I help you? Do you need a bag? They're 10 cents. But I'll tell you what, I'll give you one. Don't tell anyone. He does that to me every time. He acts like it's, it's our little game. I, Do you need a bag? Ah, Mel, I'm okay. Looks around. I'll tell you what, I'll give you a bag. Just don't tell my manager. They're normally 10 cents. Um, and I just walk out of Walgreens feeling good feeling happy having a positive human interaction it's easy to get depressed it's easy to get sad it's easy i have been in depression circles if you've listened to the show you know me you know me to be a very depressive person suicidally depressed at times in my life it's a very serious issue but when you're in that and how to keep out of that i'm convinced the longer i go on this Godforsaken planet to keep yourself out of that positive human interactions, creating them yourself or finding them, getting outside of your own walls is the key to sometimes overcoming serious things. I'm telling you, try it. Go for a walk. Go for a simple 15 minute, 20 minute morning walk. Do it tomorrow. Put some music in if you got the ability to. If not, just listen to the sounds of nature in the city. Walk around, say hi to a couple people, and you'll start thinking you'll, you'll hearken back to this to my old grumpy grandpa warning you'll start kind of feeling better you know just kind of enjoy those positive human interactions and next time you're checking out and the clerk who's at the six hour of a 16 hour shift who's who's feeling her own pains and feeling her own trials and bored at work but has to take this job just give her or him whoever's working that register a sincere hello they say, sincere, how are you doing? And when they answer back, engage them. I'm telling you, have a 30-second positive humor, human interaction and see, see how you feel because in even that 30 seconds... You won't be thinking about yourself. And that is where depression really, really comes from. Depression, there's a lot of reasons, a lot of things that might start causing it. But at the end of the day, depression is you and your own hopelessness, stress, pressure, anxiety, or feelings. It is you lost in your own thoughts. And if you want to start getting out of it, go volunteer. Go help someone else. Put someone else before you. And you'll start feeling better. Trust me, it is a thing. It's not saying that you might not need medicine, that you might not need professional help. All that stuff is is very valuable as as we turn this into a depression uh, conversation. But at the base level, if you're feeling shitty, if you're feeling down, and you've got the chance to say hi to someone and have a little bit of a positive human interaction – That's the medicine for your soul. The number one thing of the three things are making me happy is New York. Concrete jungle where dreams are made of. I'll stop singing. New York, New York. If you've been following me, you know where I went. I just went to New York Comic Con with the Screen Junkies crew. Part of my job, it was a work trip, but I got a lot of free time. I got to stop and enjoy the city, and it's a very important thing to note because it was my first trip to New York, New York. Got to go to Manhattan, midtown to downtown, and back on up. Um, Got to stay there. It was my first trip to New York. That's pretty cool in and of itself. Uh, Look, my family didn't travel much as a a kid. We were a lower middle class family. My parents did amazingly wonderful things to keep me and my sister happy and afloat as children. We never wanted, but my parents struggled to make ends meet. Uh, Once a year or so, we would take a trip. Generally, it would be local. It would be California based. SeaWorld, Disneyland, where my grandparents were, Uh, or uh, many, many times up to Yosemite. look, that's awesome and and as much as i maybe now wish i i got the chance to travel sooner in my life um I wouldn't trade any of those uh, trips for for any other uh, journey I didn't take with my family. The trips to Yosemite are great, fond memories, including some where my aunt and uncle would go with me. Uh, uh, My late uncle, who was very important to me, and I have those memories of those trips being with him. Actually, 1985 in Yosemite, the same week uh, the Celtics and Lakers played in the NBA Finals. And I remember watching those games a bunch uh, amongst a lot of people, my uncle watching the games. Um, So I wouldn't trade any of that. I, do i only only thing that I wish, I wish i learned earlier to travel outside of the state of california because i would have done it sooner as an adult when i was on my own it's about money it's about time and i'm a bit of a workaholic and i don't like to get away and so that's why the screen junkies job if you've been following my transition to that side of uh, my career now it's great because i've had to, i've had to take trips i've had to travel already in just under three months of the job i had to get out to chicago for Wizard the world never been there before Though no, we didn't get to go to downtown chicago proper it was a great trip and then uh, now a new york comic-con and i get to go to new york Get paid really to go to New York. And that's significant because New York has always had a special place in my heart, even though I've never been there. To explain. 1984, I'm playing on a lunch league softball team at my school. Uh, I was just starting to discover sports, didn't know much. I was coming outside of my shell to play on the team. I was the nerd kid stuck out in right field with no glove, just told to get out there and don't, don't cause us to lose the game. But I played on a lunch league softball team at my school, and we were the Yankees. So I started following the New York Yankees just because I, I didn't know any better. I didn't know the Dodgers were three hours down on the freeway or the Giants were four hours north on the freeway. I just didn't know. And I started to really love baseball. And I was kind of, I was playing on this team called the Yankees. I'll start following the Yankees. And it was 1984, 85, the Yankees. I didn't even know if they were good. I didn't know they had been on all those World Series uh, before that. I didn't know about Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Reggie Jackson, Thurman Munson. I didn't know about Don Mattingly, Dave Winfield, George Steinbrenner. But I started rooting for the Yankees, and soon I realized what I had. In seventh grade, I read a two thousand-plus-page book called simply *The Yankee Dynasty*, 1940 to 1964. It covered the the uh, the modern, at the time uh, the, the the bulk the center of the Yankee dynasty. Uh, um, actually, take it, I said 1940. I think it went all the way back to 1922. The book covered from 1920, basically 21, 22, when the Yankees moved the Yankee Stadium and Ruth had come over and their first appearances in the World Series all the way up to 1964. Their last World Series appearance it was against the Cardinals. They lost, um, and um, they uh, they didn't appear in the, in the World Series again until 1976. So the, the, the book, the Yankee, Yankee dynasty, covered that. But I read it. I chewed it up. And there's stories about the Yankees going to New York and going into the city after games, and Billy Martin, Whitey Ford, Mickey Mantle carousing around town, all that kind of stuff. Joe DiMaggio with uh, with uh, Marilyn Monroe, all that kind of stuff. So I, I got to take in not just the Yankees, but New York as a, a New York City as a character. And then along along comes the Beatles, and I became a big. Beatles fan. Of course, New York has an important place in the hearts of Beatles fans, because that's where the Beatles landed in America. That's where Lennon went to live, and unfortunately, tragically, die. And 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 New York was very important to the Beatles story, so I was connected to it from that side. Then I became a fan of Saturday Night Live, and that's where I wanted to be. I wanted to be at Saturday Night Live. I wanted to work at 30 Rock. I knew that name before I even knew what the Rockefeller Center was. It was 30 Rock. That's where it is, man. That's where the action is. Belushi, Aykroyd, Chase, Murray, all those guys carvey hartman lovitz Myers. that's what i so new york was a very important place to me and in college 1994 took a photography class and we were asked a part of the project was to do something do take a shot of something that means something to you so what i did is i took a picture of new york which is crazy i i re created it as best I could in front of a brick wall in front of my house, put some stuff in there for the Yankees, the Beatles center live. And I remember presenting it to the class and saying, New York's very important to me because that's where I'm going to be. That's where I think I'm going to live. I've never been there, but I'm going to get there. And that's where my heart will be. I never did. I never did. Life takes you in a different direction. I ended up wanting to go to the groundlings uh, as opposed to second city in Chicago. And I went down here for that and it was easier because it was close to my parents. It was two hours away as opposed to a six-hour flight or a four-day journey across town, cross country, across um, town, cross country. So I didn't get out to New York and I was okay. But I didn't even travel there, and I had opportunities. My friend Ty Schallenberger, he moves out to New York for a job, and he kept telling me, come out and visit me, and I couldn't take the time off from work. I couldn't do it. I put work before that, and I never got to go out and visit him there. Nine Eleven affected me like it did everyone, like it did everyone. It affected us in some way. If you lived through it, if you saw it, if you felt it, if you sat there watching it that day as it happened. and I was, I was I'm oddly obsessed with Nine Eleven, and I have to admit that and say it. It's, it's, it's not from a... It's not from a, uh, a a weird creepy aspect. it's just it it, it every year around the anniversary of 9 re- eleven I watch documentaries I breathe, I never tr- i truly never forget because it, 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 I think it's such a, a, a it's, it's a, maybe one of the worst things that has happened to the, this country, Pearl Harbor also as well and, and the wars and everything. I don't want to get off on that stuff, but so I, I've been connected to through to, to it that way, and still I, I never got to New York, and so here I am. I finally get to go for New York Comic Con. It's an hour panel with me and the Screen Junkies crew. And I get out there and and I get some time to explore the city. And I get some time to feel it. And then not just as a tourist. On, on Friday the day before our panel, I had to run out into the city and find some supplies for the panel. I had to find my way around town. Then on Saturday, I get to spend the day with uh, my dear friend Alicia Malone, who's been to New York several, time and, uh, several times and loves the city. And she was my escort. She was my guide. She taught me how to subway. She taught me how to New York. We went down to uh, Ground Zero World Trade Center, to the Freedom Tower and all that stuff. And I got to take that in. No pictures. I didn't take pictures there. Then we walked around back battery park we went up to uh, the soho area we had some drinks up there i had an amazing time and i got to have lunch with jake baldino and i got to uh, hang out with some good old schmo friends george mccann matt brown ephron guzman i got to hang out there and, and spend the spend an evening out on the town of new york and i gotta tell you i'm still still feeling good for my time there i felt alive and people have always said my whole life people have said to me They've met me and they've said, "Oh, you are you from the East Coast?" No, no, I'm actually born and raised in uh, uh, California. Lived, uh, born in Orange County, raised in Pismo Beach. I am a California kid, and, and people look at me like that's so weird. I, you just don't. It doesn't feel that way. You, you don't feel like you're a, a West Coaster. You feel like an East Coaster. And I had some people just straight out tell me, "You need to get to New York. I I think you're going to find it to be something special for you." uh i've had some people said that who've just visited new york i have some people who've said that to me who have lived in new york uh they've told me you got to get there so here i am 2015 i finally get to new york and they're all right i want to move there i want to go there i want to be there no i won't at best maybe bi-coastal in a perfect situation if i had unlimited funds yes um the realities are, uh, look, I went in the fall. I don't know if I could survive a winter or want to be there during the summer. Uh, the fall is a, is a great time to be in New York. Um, and then you got to be careful about falling in love with the places that you vacation to. Uh, I think every year at San Diego Comic-Con I said to myself, I think I could live here. Uh, when I go to Dallas, I think I could live here. When I go to Nashville, I love Nashville. I know I don't want to live there, but I do want to go back there often. I've been there a couple of times. So I I, I – You got to be careful. You don't fall in love with your vacation spots. But New York was different. I felt, dare I say it, dare I be this dramatic, I felt alive. More than I have in other places. It doesn't mean that I don't enjoy my time in here in LA. It doesn't mean that I th- don't think there's a lot of great things about Los Angeles. Actually, to be honest, I, I don't like Los Angeles bashing. I hear it a lot from people who have moved here. Then they get out of here. All right. If you're if you, if you coming here to be an actor and you hate LA, I'm sorry. Just accept it. But there's a lot of great things about living in LA and California and on the West Coast. Um, I'm always going to have that West Coast side. But I get it now. I get it. I walked around New York. Brisk fall air. Rode those subways with Alicia. I went down to Battery Park and stared out at the Statue of Liberty, and I walked around with Dan Morrow of Screen Junkies, who was also a great tour guide. and, and we hit the hit the ground running. and We our plane landed at like 12:40 a.m. New York time. We got to our hotel, a tiny, tiny Holiday Inn Express, where my shoulders were bumping the walls. and Dan said, "Hey, I'm still wide awake." And I said, "I'm still wide awake." He said, "Let's go to Times Square, man. Let's do it, tourist. Let's do it." And Dan walked me down to Times Square, and uh, we went back uh, the, the final night. and I, I had to get a hot dog in Times Square, touristy as it is, um, I did it, and uh, we walked around, and, and at one point on a Friday night, Dan uh, Dan and I walked up to uh, 30 Rock, uh, I'm still a Saturday Night Live fan, and my time at the Groundlings ended back in 2002, and I didn't continue with sketch comedy or sketch writing, and I didn't carry out my my dream, my life dream, which was to be the Weekend Update anchor at Saturday Night Live, boo-hoo, woe was me. Life takes you where you need to go. But I sat out there. The trip was so fun. The trip was great. It was so, I felt alive. But I sat out there in front of 30 Rock. I looked down at the ice rink uh, where Belushi and Aykroyd once skated in B costumes. I stared down there and I looked up, took a picture of it, but I looked up and I had this moment. I had this bittersweet moment. I don't know. I was watching, and my friend, my old friend, I haven't talked to him in years, but my old friend Mikey Day is writing for SNL, and he's up there. And it's a Friday night, and I know they're probably deep in rewrites and rehearsals and all this stuff. And I'm looking up, and I'm thinking, I didn't do this. I didn't go after my dreams. Not because I wasn't good enough. Not because the groundlings voted me out. Or not because I even stopped doing sketch comedy. I didn't go after my dreams simply because of fear. Fear about moving cross-country. Fear about living in the big city. I was a small-town kid. I can't function in New York. And all that stuff at 18, 19 years old that I thought about me. I got to get to New York. I got to do this. I got to chase my dreams. The older you get, the more you let fear come in. It seeps in. The more you let fear take over. And I sat out there in front of 30 Rock looking up, and tears started to form in my eyes I don't know if Dan ever saw it. God bless him if he never said a thing. But I looked up, not crying, just eyes moist, and I realized I didn't get there because I let fear take control. And I may never get there to 30 Rock. Now, I may never at 40 years old be some old-timer on SNL. I may never do that, and I'm actually very fine with that may never get there, and fear may have kept me from there, but I, in that moment, on that New York night, brisk fall air, the ice rink, people all around, pictures, flags waving, tourists taking fo- shots, the NYPD and FD showing up for medical emergencies. I'm sitting out there. Some guy fell on the ice rink. All that didn't matter. All that faded away. I just looked up to the top of 30 Rock, to the what I counted out to the 17th floor, And I said to myself, that may have happened once. Fear may have taken over then. Let's not let that happen again. And I've taken that moment with me, which is why New York right now is the number one thing making me happy. I don't know if I will live there. I say I want to move there. Uh, I might not. I will definitely be back. I will definitely be back and maybe hopefully often. But I'll never do all that. But I am happy where I am. I'm happy where life takes me. But where I can go and where you and me and all of us can go from now, a lot of it has to do with not letting fear take over. That makes me happy. Uh, Knowing that makes me happy. And I hope you knowing that now or you being reaffirmed of that now can make you happy. And that's what we're doing here on the Knapsack Files podcast feed with this show. The three things. The three things making me happy this week. This show might be weekly. It might be bi-weekly, but I promise it will be back. This is Here to Stay. It's you and me chatting. I love you all for coming along on this journey in the Knapsack Files podcast feed. It's grown, it's grown, it's grown. And, of course, we got the new show, Spotlight Star Wars. If you haven't heard, Spotlight Star Wars is moving for the Knapsock Files podcast feed, and it is going cross town to a new thing called Force Center, the Force Center podcast feed. It's going to be a new destination for you and other Star Wars fans. It's got a lot of different shows on it with a lot of different contributors lining up. It's for me and Joseph Scrimshaw, uh, kind of uh, launching out on this new adventure. So uh, we're going there, uh, and you can catch Spotlight Star Wars uh, over there on the Force Center. You can follow it at Force Center Pod. You can follow me at ken knapsack and if you want to join the conversation if you want to tell me what's making you happy or you want to tell me how you realized you have to overcome fear you want to get in on this conversation for this show just hashtag three things the number three and things and let's talk and we'll see you next time here on the three things on the knapsack files podcast feed